the Anglo-Saxon, Celtic, and Caucasian peoples will yet one day be free. We are all subject to the incarceration of the mind by the international Jew. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen. This is May 12, 2019. Welcome to the Voice of Christian Israel right here on Eurofolk Radio. And my co-host for Voice of Christian Israel, as usual, is Pastor Martins. How are you doing today? Good evening, Pastor Ella, and also good evening to our listeners across the globe. Uh, very well, thank you, Pastor. Um, we, we've had a nice and warm day in Oudsworen in the southeastern part of the Cape, also part of the western Cape, but a uh, beautiful day. Okay, and, excellent. Uh, glad to be on the show again tonight. Yeah, it feels like winter here in Chicago. It's like 43 degrees. <laughs> it should wow. be. Yeah, it should be like uh, springtime, but it's not. We're heading into summer. Your car is he- heading into winter. And it sounds like our uh, climates are, are changing. I wonder if the earth is going to tilt anytime soon. <laughs> All yeah. right. Yeah. So last week we talked about the Knights Templar and the origin of Knight Templar and their... Uh, morphing into such groups as the Rosicrucians and the Freemasons. And uh, today we're going to talk about the Knights Templar in Switzerland. Okay, last last time was mainly about the Crusades and France and their escape uh, into Scotland, Rosslyn Chapel, where they uh, hid their treasure. And so I'll I'll put this um, article in the chat room. I have to open the chat room up real quick. But uh, it says here real quick, the Knights Templar in Switzerland. Is there any connection between Knights Templar and Switzerland? Well, yeah, they operate in Switzerland just as they operate in all of Europe. The Mm -hmm. old Swiss Confederation was born on the 1st of August, 1291. In 1280, the French monarchy was in conflict with the Templars, so it was inevitable issues would come to a head. The Templars' headquarters in the city of Troyes in France was lost when the region had come under control of the French crown. Of course, it was the, the French king and the pope at the time. Well, it says it right here. The Templars must have got wind of possible actions being put in place by King Philip IV of France. 24 hours before the arrest of Jacques de Molay, on the 13th of October, 1307, a fleet of Templar ships sailed from the French port of La Rochelle, laden with treasures and knights. The French monarchy, who had expected to confiscate the Templar treasure, found empty storehouses. It had sailed away from France under the cover of darkness, destination unknown, when the order went out by the Pope that all Templar knights were to be arrested. Thousands were rounded up and arrested on charges of heresy and burnt at the stake, whilst others dispersed across Europe seeking sanctuary. Now, this is very unusual because the Templars were in the good graces of the papacy, and most of the uh, crown kings of Europe, while uh, what, what would have caused this sudden reversal of fortune? Pastor Martins, are you aware of uh, you know that situation at all? Pastor, what I do know is that um, during the um, transitions between uh, popes, there was always an inter 
fighting between bishops who had vied for the uh, papal seat. And um, what I have heard, and I, I have, I know this from quite a number of years ago, is that even the um, uh, Islam was also created by one of these bishops when he was a cardinal who was not, uh, he, he, he was in line for the uh, ascension to the papacy, but he did not. So he decided to have a, a bit of a, uh, uh, do you call it a vindiction? Vendetta, he, he, right? Vendetta. Right. And he uh, decided to embark on something or a belief system that would uh, actually it be in, in total contradiction to what the, the uh, Roman Catholicism was. And he ventured around um, and he came across, uh, he actually stumbled over Muhammad. And he actually uh, then helped Muhammad to write the teachings of Muhammad. And that is also why there's such a lot of references in the Quran about uh, Jesus and about Ma Mary and uh, uh, similar things that uh, the Roman Catholics also believe in. Mm -hmm. But uh, uh, obviously when, when uh, there is a, a vendetta, a intel house, inter-house vendetta like uh, so often occurs amongst the, um, the, the bishops and the cardinals uh, uh, that, that hope to become Pope. Because earlier on it was an extreme, well even today it's an extremely powerful position and it has a tremendous um, uh, number of, of benefits, personal benefits to whoever becomes the Pope. Mm -hmm. And uh, of course, of course, when they do not become, when they are not uh, the ascenders to the, the papal seat, uh, they do become, uh, or they can become very vicious. And uh, I think this was one of them. The the uh, the, the Templars was uh, at that stage very powerful, and uh, there was a vendetta waged by yeah. the the, uh, mm -hmm. the Templars because yeah. they, they, the Pope that they had uh, uh, hoped for to, to uh, ascend to the uh, papal seat did not. Okay. Well, yeah, it was under uh, this French king that uh, of, uh, what do you call it, of, uh, he was uh, in league with the Pope. Uh, up to this point in history, it seems to me that the Templars uh, actually had a, a pretty good reputation. There yes. wasn't uh, wasn't much going on that would be considered shady activity, although they were the moneylenders to the Europeans of the day and possibly to other nations as well. Okay, uh, yes. so switching back to the article we were reading from last week, in the latter part Rick of the third, yeah, yeah, the latter part of the thirteenth to fourteenth century, the Templar order was disbanded, and fearing for their lives, thousands joined Masonic guilds. Through the influence of these newcomers, of which many were occult initiates, esoteric symbolism of Masonic lodges was revived, and Freemasonry was established, or maybe it's reestablished, because 
he, yeah. he, they said they would merge with the Freemasons, and that would mean their contact with Freemasonry was reestablished. So, um, so what we see is, you know, they probably brought some secrets back from Solomon's Temple, shared those with the uh, Masons, and uh, f- so henceforth, uh, Freemasonry would be a combination of old-style. Rosicrucianism and Rosicrucianism, uh, yeah, yes. yes. And Brother Abair talked last week about the um, uh, the uh, Her- Herodian Freemasonry mm-hmm. that was actually established by Herod Agrippa, and it was a secret order from that time forward. Okay, so whatever the Templars had learned about Herodian Freemasonry is unclear. Unclear. That it probably mm-hmm. would be, but nevertheless, these other orders would have preserved some of this uh, occult knowledge. Okay. Yeah. So it continues well, here. Go ahead. So, sorry, the same would be true for the House of Orange, which of course was the um, the Dutch uh, branch of Freemasonry under the um, uh, the House of Orange. Of course, uh, the the uh, Dutch. Kingdom or the Dutch uh, palace of the king, mm-hmm. whom was uh, Prince Prince of Orange. Okay, and uh, of course that that is also uh, from where the uh, Afrikaners Afrikaner bond uh, escalated from, in terms of uh, their secrecy and uh, but they mm-hmm. formed an Afrikaans version of it, which is called the Afrikaner bond. Right, right. Now, now the Jews assert in virtually all of their writings, not public statements, but in their in-house publications, that uh, they have been behind Freemasonry for uh, for time immemorial. Okay, so yeah, that would take us stuff. back. Right, that would take us back to Herod, Herod Agrippa. All right, mm. so so uh, now so back to the original uh, the Knights Templar in Switzerland where it says that these Templars put their treasure aboard ships to destination unknown. But we, we found out last week that it was Scotland. Uh, next mm. uh, next uh, paragraph here. When the order went out by the Pope that all Templar knights were to be arrested, thousands were rounded up and arrested on charges of heresy, etc., whilst others dispersed across Europe seeking sanctuary. And some escaped to Spain, joining up with the Caltrava, and Alcantara, now the, neither of these is familiar to me, Caltrava and Alcantara. Mm-hmm. Alcantara sounds like Alucard, Dracula. <laughs> right. Some moved to Portugal and took on a new name, the Order of Christ. Others joined the Teutonic Knights of Germany, and some joined the Hospitallers, the stepping stone to the Knights of Malta. Now the Knights of Malta would be Catholic. Okay. Correct. So, uh, so we see that these former Templars now are scrambling around to find a new home for themselves, and the uh, knights, the Teutonic knights. That's an interesting connection there. Okay. The, the knights of Malta, just as um, as an interjection, Pastor, the knights of Malta also entails the um, the order to which. Uh, Queen Elizabeth is the, what is regarded as the godmother of the Knights of Malta. Really? Okay. Yeah. Uh, yes. She she also bears the um, uh, the the white cross of the Knights of Malta. Mm-hmm. Um, I've got 
I've got pictures of that. Right, right. Now it's very interesting. Now, now also, um, the Holland was the uh, the central resting place of the Dutch Jews, the bankers, who I think they were kicked out, as I recall, they were kicked out of Italy and uh, because of conflicts with the Pope, and they wound up in Holland, where Holland received them. And so Holland became the new focal point of Jewish banking, the Jewish banking central, until the establishment of the Bank of England by these same Dutch Jews. It was these same Dutch Jews who uh, financed Cromwell to take the crown away from Charles I, who was assassinated by uh, Cromwell. And, uh, you know, and then the Bank of England was uh, achieved under Charles II. Okay, so you Uh, can't... Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, go ahead. uh, Pastor, something that I read uh, during my research on the... Uh, roots of the Dutch uh, Kazarians or the Dutch um, Edomites. Um, it became evident that those Kazarians whom had um, they had moved to Portugal and to Spain to apply their shipping uh, trade with South America, North America, uh, the what was then known as the Dutch East Indian sorry, the Dutch, Dutch West Indian Islands, and uh, uh, also around the Cape to uh, the Far East. Now, this was from the Portugal's, uh, Portugal's and Spain's um, uh, harbors. And during the French-Spanish War, uh, it was found that these Kazarians, the Jews, uh, with the trade that they were plying across the Atlantic and also uh, uh, along the down the Atlantic coast uh, across the Indian Ocean, was that they were selling the the information or the intelligence of the Spanish fleet mm-hmm. to the French. So they got kicked out of out of uh, the Spanish and also the Portuguese. Um, okay. Cities, and they then moved to Holland, from where they then plied, and they they formed the Dutch East Indian Company in Holland. Right. After that, they were so. So you, you can see that the VOC, this Verenigde um, Oost uh, Indische Compagnie, their year seventeen, their Lord seventeen directorship was. Uh, also, a group of Kazarians. Okay. Uh, and of course, they were they were also united as brothers in terms of uh, secret societies, be it uh, Rosicrucianism or be it uh, the the uh, Knights Templars. That was one of the the uh, the, the requirements was that whoever dealt with them, whoever that. Uh, were in their employee, had to sign and make an oath to the Lord 17 in person mm. before they could be appointed. Wow. So Jan Smuts, uh, it's not Jan Smuts, Jan van Riebeek and his 96 men, before they could, uh, did, before they could embark on this journey to the Cape, they had to in person appear before the Lord 17 
And uh, Mike, I vow mm-hmm. to be that the first and only obligation would be towards the uh, Lord right. 17. Well, this sounds very much like the Herodian uh, <laughs> Freemasonic oath. Sounds exactly. very much like that. Okay. So this oath would have been carried forward into you know modern times, or in this case, medieval times, by these uh, Jews. In this case, Dutch Jews. Yeah. All right. So this would be now a mix of Khazarian and Sephardic Jews, because it was already around 800 A.D., that the Khazars converted to Judaism, and uh, the there was co- uh, conversation correspondence between the Sephardic Jews who were already in Spain and the Khazar Jews who had received Hittite uh, Edomite rabbis to instruct them in the laws of the Talmud. Okay, so there would have been co- ongoing commerce and correspondence between these two groups. And, of course, the Rothschilds are of uh, Khazar descent, okay? So, yeah. yeah. Okay, so it's interesting. Uh, okay, uh, this first article speaks to what I had just said about the Italian Jews moving north. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, but let me back up one paragraph here. In the 15th century, 16th century, would see a growth of the underground occult tradition. The Moors, who had invaded Spain from North Africa in the 10th and 11th centuries, had crossed into southern France. It was at this time they introduced Arab and Jewish mystical teachings, better known as the Kabbalah, into Europe, before being driven back by the Christian kings, and that was, of course, much later. Come the year earlier of the 1500s, a revival had taken place, Interest in the occult sciences. Okay. A monk was hired by Cosmos de' Medici of the Italian Medici family, and they were crypto Jews of Italy, to locate rare manuscripts. In 1460, the Corpus Hermeticum was discovered and translated for publication in 1463. Its publication marked the turning point, the Great Occult Revival. Culmin- <coughs> Excuse me culminating in the flowering of Renaissance when artists, writers, and poets inspired by classical paganism produced works of art and literature. So, in other words, the Renaissance, what the author is saying here, and this is crusaderhistory.wordpress.com, is saying that the Renaissance was inspired by occultism. (laughs) Okay. All right. Um, And, of course, the Medicis were, I think, the bankers to the papacy, Whenever you know the papacy did need money, so here we see there's a, a very strong connection between crypto Jewish bankers operating behind the scenes for the papacy. Whenever the mm-hmm. and and they had actually placed a couple of Medici's on the papal throne, so there have been uh, several Jewish popes that, uh, you know, wormed their way in there. So there was never a complete disconnect between the papacy and the Jewish moneylenders. There were sometimes they had good relations, sometimes they had bad relations, depending on how much money the papacy needed at the time or what kind yeah. of financial straits the papacy was in. Okay. It continues what here. Influence, go, yeah, go ahead. Or what influence they had in dec- deciding who would become the next pope. That's right. That's right. So, uh, continuing with this article on uh, Crusader history, 
Western history stepped forward, revealing to the world a most influential secret society. Its aim, the reestablishment of ancient mysteries which differed from the Templar order, one which would be publicly accepted. The society's earliest writings, the restoration of the decayed Temple of Pallas, equals the constitution of the order. It refers to it as the Brotherhood of the Order of the Rosy Cross, started circulating across Europe in 1605. So, in other words, the secret societies that had merged together, the um, Herodian Freemasons and the Knights Templar, now being at odds with the papacy and with the King of France, would have joined any group that, you know, that would join with them against their now common enemy, the King of France and the papacy, okay? So, uh, so the bad blood would c- continue from that point on. The Fama Frateriatis, Frateriatatis, publication of 1614, tells of the Rosicrucians' history, stating within that the order had been founded in the 1300s by Christian Rosenkreutz, a German mystic from an aristocratic family. Okay, and I think we uh, read about his uh, life last time. And then when he uh, he went to the he also went to the Middle East and studied, and uh, when he came back he started this order of the um, R- Rosicrucians. So yeah, okay. So now getting back to the uh, Knights Templar of Switzerland, where uh, we see that uh, they had gotten in their ships with uh, as much treasure as they could load up. Some Knight Templar landed in Scotland and were granted sanctuary by Robert the Bruce, nonetheless. Mm. Robert the Bruce. Uh, maybe he was persuaded by some of their gold, <laughs> some of their treasure. <laughs> I don't know. Mm. These knights took up arms and joined Robert the Bruce in his fight against the English for Scotland's independence. Rosslyn Chapel, home of the Sinclair Knights, Members of the, I know some Sinclairs. <laughs> uh, members of the Templar Order. These warriors were buried along with their treasure in the crypt of the chapel. With Switzerland located mm. over the border to the east of France, hundreds of Knights Templar would have easily slipped across the border with their treasures into this newly formed country. Uh, I think he, the country I think he's talking about is Scotland. Under uh, mm. under its own crown, I think this uh, they should be more specific here in what they're saying. The main income of Switzerland was farming. It was a poor country ripe for takeover. Okay, so he's talking about Switzerland, not Scotland. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So Switzerland, yeah, just to the south of France. Uh, they say east of France. Uh, uh, maybe southeast. I've always pictured Switzerland as being south of France. The main uh, Switzerland is yeah. Go ahead. Switzerland is actually enclaved mm-hmm. uh, towards the east of towards the east of France, Pastor. Okay, all right, very good. So this uh, <laughs> and Switzerland has been, how should we put this, a sanctuary country, even for Nazis, right? Mm. Anybody who could escape uh, during World War II, uh, anybody who could escape into Switzerland. Uh, was granted sanctuary because they were considered a neutral country. So, uh, so this uh, neutrality probably dates back to the Knights Templar moving into it. Okay. 
1315, Duke Leopold of Habsburg attacked several hundred men with his force of 2,000 knights and 9,000 foot soldiers, expecting little resistance. He was in for a surprise as the Swiss possessed a new weapon, the halberd, which was mounted on a long pole capable of bringing down horses and used like a, a, a lance. Leopold mm. lost almost 2,000 warriors that day and was forced to retreat. Therefore, in my opinion, a primitive farming country that had received outside assistance, enabling them to protect their lands from invading warriors. So, in other words, the Templars would have established, well established themselves and made friends with these farmers and uh, possibly their protectors. Okay? The only answer that made sense, Templar Knights had escaped from France, crossed the border into Switzerland, and granted sanctuary, and they were uh, uh, well-able fighters themselves, bringing with them their military expertise and Templar treasure, buying their way into this new country. The Templars were Europe's bankers from the 11th to 14th century. Now the largest banking and financial institutions of Europe are located in Switzerland. That's true. That's still true. Okay. So, uh, okay, so it seems to me that uh, what we've got going here, at least at this point, is a kind of merger between the Jewish bankers and the Knights Templar, and maybe some even some competition going on between the two groups still. Okay, so Pope Julius II called upon the Helvetian soldiers in 1506. These mercenaries who would shape Italy's future were granted the title defenders of the church's freedom. Okay. <laughs> so, okay. So uh, money makes uh, strange bed bedfellows. Okay. Correct. So they were enemies uh, 200 years before and now, now all of a sudden they're friends again. On the 22nd of January, 1506, 199 years after the arrest of Jacques de Molay in France, the Vatican created the Pontifical Swiss Guard. Mm. How ironic it would be that they're actually Knights Templar. <laughs> it's yeah. secret, secretly Knights Templar. And the papacy doesn't know it. Okay. But of course, oh, yeah. There's, there's some, some logical reasoning in making the Swiss Guard the official papal um, military. Uh -huh. Right, because because um, I, well, well, I've I found it quite amazing or quite interesting when I visited Italy and uh, in the center of Milan, in northern Italy, there is a a very large cathedral which is known as the Duomo, mm -hmm. and this Duomo is um, world renowned, and I believe it's also world. Uh, heritage site okay. but uh, going into this Duomo I found that well wherever you moved there were Swiss guard wow. and I and I contemplated why would the Swiss guard be in, in protection of the Roman Catholic institutions or the Roman Catholic churches in Italy mm -hmm. and I realized that any, any attack against any of these cathedrals, let's say, albeit the, an, an attack against the papacy or the Vatican or the Roman Catholic Church, wherever it might be, 
would be seen as an attack on Switzerland, which is a neutral country. Mm-hmm. Okay. Is it not interesting? Yes. All right. I just took a, a look online at a uh, at some pictures of Duomo um, Church. That is even more ornate than uh, Notre Dame, and I would say yeah. far more ornate, ornate than Notre Dame. It's an incredible structure, really. So uh, yes, I, I took yeah. some photographs inside the um, the building, and uh, I found that. Uh, well, uh, right around the perimeter on the um, on, on the one side of the building, mm-hmm. let's say within the cathedral area, uh, there are glass cages with the rem- remains, most probably the mortified remains of a number of the very high-positioned uh, leaders of that particular church. Right. Uh, mm. uh, on the... On, in the other wing, you would find exactly the same sort of configuration as you would find in a Freemason's lodge, ah, with right, <laughs> with okay. the floor tiles being being alternate, alternatively black and white. So you have this checkerboard in, in, image yeah, of the, the floor. The Freemasons still use that today in their temples, and the perimeter of that checkered white and black checkered is laced and um, uh, 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 how can I say it is uh, it, it is laced with the constellation the signs of the constellation now mm-hmm. the other wing the other wing uh, when I tried to take some photographs there the Swiss guard actually approached me and wanted to take my camera but uh, Ooh, really? the way that I held my camera, I had taken a picture. When I saw them coming, I had taken a picture of the floor. And when I showed ah. the Swiss guard the picture that I had taken of the floor, he said, okay, fine, that's fine, but no more pictures. Okay. Uh, <laughs> but, but there were, really? about, I think, about seven or eight um, cubicles where... Obviously, where priests sat in these cubicles, and they were queued people standing queues to do their um, visitation to the priest, so that they can uh, get blessed. Say they they uh, make their re- prayer, prayer requests. N- not prayer requests, but to to how uh, to, uh, to uh, get blessings to, to do. Penance? To do penance, or okay. to do penance of the sins that they had committed, oh. and these cues, they were standing in the cues, and the, the right at the pillars of the structure, there were these massive wooden basins filled with money. Ah, and really? As I stood, as I stood <laughs> watching this, not water, of, not holy water, but holy money. Okay. <laughs> But, but massive, Pastor, I'm talking about basins, hand-carved wooden basins that are most probably one and a half meters in diameter. Okay. And filled with money, notes, so euros. four feet. Yeah, yeah. And, and wow. while I watched this, mm-hmm. an Italian man, obviously an Italian man, he looked Italian at least, he came forward and he opened his briefcase and he had thrown, he tilted his briefcase 
most probably millions of euros All right. landing in that just uh-huh. out of one briefcase. And I I was absolutely awestruck. I walked past this and <laughs> I, I saw these bundled m- money that was bundled. And I realized that this guy must be making billions to, be to able do to, that sort of penance. Right. Yeah, yeah, that's a lot of penance, man. <laughs> that's, that's a couple of million dollars worth of penance there. Wow. It, it's quite a bit of sinning he did. Really? <laughs> now, now, who was running that temple? Was it, was it the Catholic Church? It's the Catholic or, Church. Or the um, Masons. <laughs> the Masons. Uh, I'm curious. Okay. Or or uh, who uh, who are the uh, Vatican's uh, uh, the Jesuits? Maybe it was the Jesuits yes, r- running absolutely. Yeah, running at yeah. this time. Okay, all right. So uh, getting back to this article here to, about the Rosicrucians. To understand more about the Rosicrucian order, the ancient mystical order of the Rose Cross, one needs to look back at the 18th dynasty Egyptian history and Pharaoh Tutmosis the Third ruler of Egypt from about 1500 to 1447 B.C., which is only three years. He was a skilled warrior capturing some 350 cities during his reign. It is believed he killed his own sister to obtain ultimate power. It sounds like Herod. (laughs) It sounds like we just told the story of Herod this morning. To obtain ultimate power over his kingdom, not wanting to share rule with his sister, Queen Hatshepsut. Tutmosis III underwent a spiritual reformation in his later years, giving up the life of a military king and turned to spiritual teachings, or so they say, it could be occult teachings. He gathered together learned scholars, priests, and philosophers, forming a secret, well, now I'm sure it's occult teaching, forming a secret society. Now, here's the symbol of the, apparently the original symbol of the Egyptian rosy cross. It's, it's very similar to an ankh, but the cross of the ankh is encased in a triangle with the point facing down. So it's very similar yeah. to an ankh, folks, very similar. And if you open up uh, the, the Scotland Crusader article, you can see this ankh in the middle of the page. The Rosicrucian order, an ancient mystical order, Rosicrucis, in its Latin form, which translates to ancient mystical order of the Rose Cross. The, now, I, this brings to mind the one of the imputed symbols to Cain was the double cross. I don't know if you've ever seen that. Uh, it's... Uh, it's a cross that has a, uh, it's, it's got two crosses with a short yeah. uh, horizontal cross above and a wider cross below. Cross. Yes. And then and, the shorter one again. Mm-hmm. And so th- this may be, this looks to me like a double cross. Yeah. Okay. So it's a variation of the double cross. They changed it slightly to uh, throw people off of the double cross. Okay, the rose cross symbol predates Christianity, that's for sure. The cross represents the human body, whilst the rose represents the individual's unfolding consciousness. So we have, you know, and and most of these secret societies and even new age societies that are based on them, whether they realize it or not, 
they're all talking about mystical consciousness and that uh, your way to heaven is through mystical consciousness, not brotherly love, <laughs> right? Although they will preach brotherly love too, but you always have to yeah. have some kind of guru, some kind yeah. of guru to lead you through into what uh, I guess the the uh, the pathway at CERN, yeah, portal of CERN, <laughs> the CERN portals, <laughs> right? Yeah. But whether you wind up in heaven or in hell once you go through there is up for debate. Your comment at this point. Yeah, it's it's quite interesting now. All these uh, uh, these secret societies all have their pagan roots, and that paganism is also um, uh, grabbing some of these more modern uh, concepts, which the um, Freemasons have propagated to this day. Mm-hmm. There's there's such a lot of uh, similarity in the. Uh, Secret, secret societies and paganist uh, uh, and occultic symbols uh, that it is, it, it's very difficult to define which, which symbols and which signs are allocated to what uh, branch of uh, Rosicrucianism or the um, Freemasonry or the, because they have such a lot of commonalities. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Well, uh, yeah. So, for uh, but this cross symbol is far older than Christianity. There's no doubt about that. Yeah. And uh, Pastor Steve and many others argue that uh, you know Yahshua was not uh, impaled on a cross, but on a stake. That it actually didn't have a yeah. cross. That that's a mistranslation. But uh, whatever the case may be, uh, I'll put this. Here is the symbol of the cross of otherwise known as the cross of Lorraine and I'm hoping that the symbol uh, uh, it wouldn't copy I tried to copy it from off the internet but it won't do it anyway it is uh, as I tried to describe a vertical uh, stake with two horizontal crosses and uh, there a fellow says it's Andreas cross maybe somebody in the chat room can find a symbol that will uh, reproduce here in the chat room and then, uh, then we have the, the Ankh symbol of Tutmosis III, which appears to be based on it. Okay, so you can see this, all this occult symbolism is being used by the Freemasons today. There's no doubt about it. Yeah. Okay. And the Jews claim to be the originators of, so maybe Tutmosis III was a, uh, a rebel. He murdered his sister. Yeah. He murdered his sister to take the crown and uh, get it for himself. And then he joined, he created a secret society. So this is kind of uh, uh, history. <laughs> history. All of history is uh, uh, written like this. Back to you. Go ahead. Sorry, Pastor. One of the claims of uh, Freemasonry, of course, is that they have obtained their the skills and they or, or they utilize their skills to build the the Temple of Solomon, which mm-hmm. is an absolute absurdity. Um, the the uh, roots of Freemasonry are not from uh, from the um, P- Palestine. It's not okay. from uh, yeah. the, uh, Jerusalem. The roots of Freemasonry is from uh, the the uh, Babylonian paganist uh, right. groups because there was a lot of lot of uh, 
paganism going on in Babylonia mm-hmm. uh, under Nimrod already. Now, N- Nimrod lived quite a number of years before the, um, the, the, the time of uh, uh, the Messiah on, the, uh, on earth. So, so from Nimrod's Babylonianism was where the roots of Freemasonry and the roots of the uh, even the Jesuits had find their roots from Babylonian times and not from uh, Palestine or mm-hmm. from Jerusalem. Right, right. Okay, well, it's interesting because uh, Brother Hebert's, um dealing with the subject is that it's the Herodians who d- developed a secret society in Palestine, but of course they came much later. They were Edomites exactly. and, and uh, you know, rogue priests from Babylon, no doubt rogue priests from Babylon, where the money system had been established because the Israelites never had a bank. They never had a... They also, esta- yeah, go ahead. They also didn't have the Kabbalah. Uh, the That's Kabbalah right. Was, uh, and you mentioned about these rogue um, priests. These rogue priests must have been Edomites that infiltrated the uh, Judahites. That's absolutely right. Yeah, the Pharisees. Right. Yeah. The Pharisees started out as Judahites, but they were infiltrated by Edomites who were supported by Herod, the original yeah. uh, Tetrarch Herod. You know, he, he was never a king over, over Judah, but he was the occupier yeah. under the Romans. Okay. Yeah. So, uh, so this secret society was reactivated by Herod Agrippa. By Herod Agrippa, and of course the banking operations came from Babylon because uh, we're told in the New Testament, I forget which verse, that the uh, w- one high priest under Herod was imported from Babylon. Okay, so the Babylonian tradition would have been merged with the Edomites at that time, if not earlier. Okay, so mm. so he goes in now. Of course, the ba- the Freemasons and the Rosicrucians. And uh, Templars, although not so much the Templars, but the Rosicrucians, they all claim to have a basis in Solomon's Temple. Okay? That's their claim. Now, uh, Solomon did engage in race mixing with non-Israelite women. And so it's possible that they're in... And some of those women were Edomite women. Okay? So it's possible that some of these Edomite women did get pregnant by Solomon and went back to Edom and gave birth to mixed-race babies that were probably very much cherished by the Edomites as having royal Israelite blood, (laughs) right? And there is, I forget the name of the secret society, but it's also located in France. Uh, The Priory de Sion, the Priory de Sion, has a statue of Moses with horns coming up out of his head. Okay, mm. that yeah. would symbolize the that they would have you know they claim to have the blood of Moses flowing through their veins, the priesthood, you know, the royal priesthood. But they would also be devils, so they would have the bloodline of both in their priory design, which is another secret society. All right, yeah. very similar to the Rosicrucians. So there's any number of these secret societies running around claiming to have their origin with Solomon, with Tutmosis III, with Moses, etc., etc. 
Okay. Mm-hmm. So we can probably surmise that all of these legends that they use are half truths. Half truths. Okay. Uh, yeah. But there, there is a grain of truth in there. Okay. All right. He, uh, well, go ahead. Pastor, just, just as the churches claim that they, all the church denominations claim that they, their church roots are from the time of the Messiah on earth. Right. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, right. They teach the opposite of what he taught and exactly. claiming oneness with him. That's, that's, that's be, 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 Because from the period about uh, 130, 140, uh, after the ascension of the Messiah, uh, the first signs of the church only emerges, and that was the Roman Catholic Church, and it was only... 1,400 years later, or 1,300 years later, that the church reformation brought about the uh, various denominations, or some of the various denominations which came out of the church reformation. But all the churches claim that their roots are um, with, with the Messiah, which is an absolute lie. Right, yeah, it's a, it's a Roman Catholic church is their origin. They're, they're the daughters of Rome. And, uh, exactly. but, but, of course, Rome claimed falsely that Peter was the first pope. He was not. He went to Babylon, not to not. Rome. Okay. <laughs> All right. Go ahead. But um, St. Peter's Square in, in the Vatican claims that Peter was, was actually, he, he died at the point where the... Uh, Nimrod Phallus stands today, the so-called uh, St. Peter's Square, the, uh, that obelisk. Right. And that was in the days when um, uh, uh, um, his, his name was Vespanius. Okay. Uh, Vespanianus. Okay. The, the uh, Caesar Vespanianus had a, a circus and... In his circus, he entertained people. Now, that was a circus that was built and established on the on the site where a, a temple used to be, or a temple that had burned down that was dedicated to the Queen of Heavens. And that is where the Vatican is today. So, uh, it, it, it is quite possible that Peter was... Um, uh, was, was murdered, and I believe that he was... The... the, the Sources that I referred to was stated that he was crucified upside down. Yes. Now, this was during the days that 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 was a circus. Now, it is also of some significance that the word circus comes from exactly the same word, which is also the source of the name church. Right. The word circus. So Latin and so right. the Latin word for for the Latin word for circus also gave birth to the name or the the, the the word which we know today as church. So church and circus are synonymous. Right, right. Kirk, yeah, it's also Celtic is Kirk, and uh, you know, but they actually had the original services were held outside. Okay. So, because uh, it means actually means circle. Kirk means circle. All right. And uh, I don't know if you're aware, but Ku Klux Klan means circle of family. But certainly in these circles, they would have held services. So, uh, so there's yes, a definite that was, connection. 
that was prior, that was uh, in the days when Paul also visited Rome, or when Paul was in Rome, and he wrote the letter of the book of Romans. He wrote to uh, the people who were in Rome, who were the believers whom were called the Nazarenes. And these Nazarenes were, in fact, they didn't have churches or buildings in which they gathered. They, built, they gathered outside in the, under trees or in, in, uh, in, in the felt. Wow. And that, okay. Yeah, yeah. But, but then, when, when uh, Vespanius or Vespian, uh, um, some sources say his name was Vespanius, some mm -hmm. sources say it's Vespanianus. Okay, whatever. Yeah. Uh, but yeah. both of them ended with the letters A-N-U-S, which has a total different meaning as well. Oh, right, right, sure. Was, <laughs> yeah, the pain in the anus. <laughs> right. okay. But he was the creator of the circus where in which the Nazarenes uh -huh. were persecuted uh -huh. and, um, gotcha. for the entertainment. Yes, for the very entertainment of his, his guests, right. they were murdered, and they mm -hmm. were um, uh, also impaled on stakes. Right, and this is bodily impalation. In other words, these stakes they yeah. were. Yeah, I don't want to go into the detail. Impa but, impaled uh, on a stake, yeah, like uh, Vlad yes. the Impaler did. Vlad the Impaler did and, that too. Yeah, yeah. Right, and then yeah. also. He would set uh, some of his senior uh, soldiers uh, fully armed against um, an, a Nazarene, mm -hmm. uh, unarmed. And the, the way in which this soldier dealt with the Nazarene, uh, the quickest way to the for, for the enta entertainment of this Vespianus, mm -hmm. whom, yes. of course, was a very vicious, a very vulgar, vicious right. individual. Yeah. Amen. Yeah, I think his name is most often rendered in English as Vespasian. Vespasian, I think, is uh, the usual pronunciation. But just one more item here from the Crusader history. 150 Swiss soldiers under the command of Captain Kasparov, Kasparovan Selenin of Canton Uri, passed through the Vatican and were blessed by Pope Julius. The famous cross associated with the Knights Templar is incorporated into the flag of Switzerland. That's the red flag with the white cross, folks. That's the flag of the Knights Templar. Who to thunk it? <laughs> Who to thunk it? Very interesting. So we're looking at the cross of the Knights Templar right on the flag of Switzerland. Very interesting. Okay. Yeah. All right, so uh, with about nine minutes left, uh, getting back to the uh, Crusader history of Scotland, in 586 B.C., the Babylonians completely destroyed Solomon's temple. And, of course, the, the returnees from Babylon were faithful Judahites who reestablished the uh, Yahweh's laws and feast days. Okay? Yeah. So uh, th those are not, uh, but nevertheless, they were surrounded by Edomites, who uh, joined in, uh, they asked to join in the rebuilding of Solomon's temple, but uh, the uh, Judahite leaders refused, refused to allow them in mm -hmm. because they would not allow anybody who was not an Israelite to participate in the rebuilding of the temple, okay? 
And then a second temple was built on the site between 535 and 515 B.C. No Edomites allowed because the Israelites were not to associate or intermarry with the Edomites. Nevertheless, the Edomites were always around, surrounding this territory, and were always in league with any invading army that came along, such as the first invading army would have been the Greeks. Okay? And there they would have been... uh, uh, and of course, the per- Persian rule was pro-Israelite at this at this point in time. The Greeks were very hostile to the Israelites, uh, to the Judahites when they invaded. So it says over the next 470 years, Persian rule gave way to the Greeks, then the Romans, with Herod the Great as its ruler. In 20 BC, Herod introduced courts and walls to Solomon's Second Temple. In 70 AD, Jews revolted against the Romans, and Jews here would mean Judeans. This would have been a yeah. mixture of uh, Judahites and Edomites, okay? Uh, revolted against the Romans, and General Titus, Caesar, he became Caesar, besieged the city and burnt the temple to the ground. In the year 691, a shrine was built upon the site, the Dome of the Rock, by 715, the Al-Aqsa Mosque was built alongside and destroyed by earthquakes over the next 300 years. Hmm. By 1035, a new mosque was constructed, and in 1118 became the headquarters of the Knights Templar in the Holy Land. The Knights Templar dug deep tunnels underneath the temple as they sought out religious treasures and the fabled prize of all, the Ark of the Covenant. Hmm. Hmm. One of the most, yeah, one of the most important religious artifacts of all time, no doubt. Oh, great, my screen froze up. <laughs> I can't. Let me see if I could. Oh, there we go. There we go. Okay, so there's a statue, a carving, a bas relief depicting the ark can be found at Chartres Cathedral in France. One has to ask: Does the Ark of the Covenant still remain within the cathedral? That is a very interesting question. Now, okay, now either, now that was also a, an electronic device. It was a highly charged electronic device, and anybody who touched it uh, w- without the proper insulation would have been immediately electrocuted, as it happened to several Isra- Israelites in Old Testament times. Okay, so there's a very interesting drawing here. It looks like the Ark of the Covenant and the wagon that was used to transport the ark. Apparently uh, apparently there was a wagon deployed at some point. The Israelites just used staves and it was carried. It wasn't rolled, but if they had to transport it a long distance, let's say from yeah. Jerusalem to France, then they would have figured out, you know, they would have used the wagon, okay? So it's carved yeah. right on Chartres Cathedral there, okay? So here we, uh, so the the Templars and the secret societies have a really long history, which cannot be denied. However, most of it, I would say most of it is fictitious and yeah. uh, exaggerated in order to you know, impress upon a new member that, oh, see, we got our tradition right from Moses, don't you know? <laughs> right? Okay. It sounds and, familiar. Yeah, it sounds familiar. Okay, or we got our tradition from Jesus Christ himself, you know, the Gnostics. 
We yeah. uh, haven't even gotten into the Gnostics, right? The Gnostics were early distorters of the word. They usually combined the paganism of the day with uh, emerging Christian teachings. So, uh, and, uh, you know, to try to distort the Christian teaching. So, yeah. uh, this is uh, what's been going on, folks. So, when you go into these secret societies, don't believe their claims. You know, some of it may be true, but the vast majority of it is, is just hogwash designed to impress the initiate. Okay? Yeah. And it's not until you get them to the higher degrees that you find out what the society is even really about. Okay? All right, uh, with about three minutes left, Pastor, uh, how, how are the Freemasons doing in South Africa? <laughs> Pastor, yes. Um as you know, in this past week, we've had uh, elections. Now, I have, uh, at this stage, I don't even know whom won what. Mm-hmm. Um, I've just been so busy with uh, spreading the true gospel that I haven't had time to catch up on the news yet. Right, okay. What I do know is that um, there was a quite a lot of, um, uh, of, of fraudulent uh, activities around the uh, uh, around the elections, and I believe that quite a number of the uh, participating parties to the elections have decided not to accept the uh, outcome of the elections as uh, mm. uh, as just and le- um, right. uh, uh, legitimate. Right. And uh, uh, apparently, or there's uh, talk of of um, uh, doing the uh, or having the elections over because. Uh, the ANC had uh, so so many of the um, election boxes. They they have boxes that that arrived at the uh, center where they the counting or the centers where they do the counting arrived unsealed, oh. unnumbered, etc. So, All right, uh, there was no proper there was yeah. no, no proper control over the movement of these boxes. Uh, some of the boxes have been found discarded on the wayside with, uh, uh, yeah. that haven't been opened. Um, in, in other words, the, the, the movement of these boxes, these electoral boxes, was not done according to the yeah. legislation concerning the movement right. of these boxes. They were shady. Yeah, uh, shenanigans going on. Shady. Yeah, and they're not even Irish, <laughs> and there's shenanigans going on. All right, so this is uh, what we can expect. So there's going to be a new vote, you're saying? New uh, vote? Pastor, you think? Um, it was I, less than I a minute. Know, okay. Y- yes, I, I don't know whether it, there's going to be a, a vote, but there's a lot of discontent yes. amongst the participating parties in terms yes. of the legality and the uh, true outcome of this right. um, yeah, uh, elections. And I don't think you'll have an honest election ever again, <laughs> as long as the ANC is in charge. All right, folks, thanks for listening. Praise Yahweh, pass the ammunition. Thank you, Pastor Martens, and see you all next time. Bye-bye. Excellent. Bye-bye, Pastor. Praise Bye. Yahweh. Praise Yahweh.